Welcome back to the C2C podcast, the podcast formerly known as the Coast to Coast podcast. Also, the what best NBA. Ourse- <laughs> Sorry, what? What if we just named ourselves the, the podcast formerly known as Coast to Coast? I like that. In honor of our hometown. Thank you, Prince. All right. Speaking of Black Klansmen, I know we were just talking about <laughs> Black Klansmen, but at the end of it, there was this deep cut of Prince just playing piano and singing, and it was amazing. Yeah. Thanks, true. Prince. Thank, thank, you. thank you, Prince. Thank you for your musicianship and your deep cuts. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. With the 23rd pick of the draft, who do you pick? This one is kind of a shocker, but I pick the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies. I do not trust this team at all. <laughs> Hard disagree. I disagree so much with this pick. I disagree to my core. Oh, man. I think this is the year where, like, last year was bad, but there was hope because, you know, Mike Conley's coming back. We're just going to get our top pick, and then we're going to try again with our with our team. But I think— Marcus All was out, too. Don't forget. Yeah. Yeah, and I just—I don't think— so I so first Marcus All is becoming uh, more and more an antiquity in this league. Um, he's just too slow, and it's just not like if that's your best player on your team, you're not you're not doing well. If thirty four year old Marcus All is the best player on your team, you're not doing well. I don't trust Mike Conley's health. Hey, older older brother Pow's still in the league. Why not Mark? <laughs> you know that's a good point. Uh, I'm changing my mind. I think this team is going to make the playoffs. Can I say that? No. What? You just selected <laughs> them 24th. There are a million teams in the East that you should have selected before this team. It's, this is embarrassing. No, I honestly think this team is going to be really, really bad. And they, they've, there's draft pick implications, too, because they've got this top eight protected pick that's going to the Celtics if they're not in the top eight. Um, yeah, that, I get that. that. That's the only. That's the only argument. Absolutely, the only argument that that they're going to be one of the top eight teams. So I think they're gonna faint. Top eight I think they're gonna try at the beginning, and they're gonna pretend like they're gonna try to win this season, and then Mike Conley's gonna get hurt, and it's gonna be a repeat of last season. They're gonna try to trade Marcus All to no avail, um, and uh, yeah, I think they'll they'll end up with a top pick, and uh, begin their actual rebuild. They're going to have to have at least two injuries in order to not win 30 games. I can't see. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be great. I mean, he's looking really good in every outing that he's had. Um, Omri Caspi is, he always shoots threes well. <laughs> um, I don't know. Kyle Anderson is like, He's just another one of those Spurs guys that they get. Uh, they always have like these guards that they somehow find. Uh, um, he's, but they they're always so much worse when they leave the Spurs. Like no one is as good off the Spurs as they were on the Spurs. It just uh, that doesn't happen. It's not how it works. Um, they well, they've never really lost one of their stars. I mean, you, you can't you can't say that because like they we haven't seen Kawhi yet. And Duncan finished out his career. Uh, Manu and Parker, uh, well, uh, Manu retired, didn't he? Uh, Manu did retire, yeah. And Parker's with the Hornets. But, I mean. And Parker's with the Hornets, that, so we're going to see. We'll see. But that's my. We'll see if Parker's. 
Go ahead. If Parker can play next year at all, then I see that as a success for the Hornets. Um, I don't. I don't know if all the players are going to get worse just because they're not on Popovich's team. Um, we'll see though. Well, I mean, my point is that the, the star players are, are don't count because star players have talent outside of the Spurs system, right? They are their own their own talent that exists no matter where they go, right? And like you can maximize a star player's talent, but a star player is a star player and they are good. No like no matter what team they're on, you know? But the role players are are where the the system and how they're used and how you maximize their strengths becomes really important. And since Popovich is so good at that, historically when you when people leave the spurs when when role players leave the spurs they get significantly worse because they're not in that system that is so um attuned to players skill sets and to like maximize everybody on the court that's like a that's a really long you know explanation for why i think kyle anderson was a bad signing <laughs> um but i like the some of the grizzlies young talent i just i get they just like smell of of like shit to me this season like i'm i'm getting a bad smell from from them chandler parsons has nothing to lose he didn't play last season or he didn't play much oh i forgot they Um, have chandler parsons jesus yeah he could he like he (laughs) who knows if he's gonna be healthy Um, i would hate to be a grizzlies fan i and that's coming from a timberwolves fan i would hate to root for this roster that's that's fair. <laughs> I, I I would hate to root for this roster as well. I just I I don't see Chandler Parsons, Marcus uh and I I don't see I don't see all their players going down. I don't see Mike Conley, Marcus and Chandler Parsons all going down this season. I uh, act, actually I do. I do see a scenario where that happens. So there is a scenario where they're this bad, but I I think they're going to win 30 to 35 games and I think that they have a chance to be in the playoffs. And you just said that you think <laughs> maybe this team has the widest range of outcomes just because of injury history. I actually we have to say that. I agree. Like Memphis at at their best, I think is actually a, a fringe playoff team and could be pushing, you know, 42 43 wins. But I just think that so much could go wrong. Um and I don't know. I just think I I also think it would behoove Memphis to just tank this year. Like I think it would be in their best interest to just get that draft pick and try again. But I I also understand they're in a tough spot because they do have some really good talent in Mike Conley and Marcus All. Although Mike Conley's never made an All Star team, he's not an All Star. Like I think he's I, I think he's pretty. Somehow he was so underrated, and then suddenly because everyone realized that he was like pretty good and never made an all-star team he became overrated really quick so i don't he's only he's only overrated because he's making 30 million dollars a year i think we both agree though this team needs to start the season we, this is our suggestion for the memphis grizzlies and jb bickerstaff start the start the season outright uh if if you start getting injuries if you even get one or two injuries to one of your top guys then you got to tank yeah you have to tank um so over under is 33. I feel like this is a I feel like you need to take this off the board. I don't I don't know if Vegas should have this up because it it could be 43 and it could be 23. Um you know what? I'm going to push. I'm going to say they're going to win 33 games. <laughs> I I don't think there's a way that they win 33 games to be honest. Yeah, that's actually the least likely scenario. You you that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um 
I I'm gonna I'm gonna say over because I have love for the Grizz. Okay, I'm going under. Um, I'm going c- uh, catastrophe, and uh, yeah, I'm going under. Pushing the under button. All right. All right, under button. What's your next pick? With the 22nd pick in the draft, Dylan Carlson selects the Chicago Bulls. Whoa, how did they get this high? How did they get this high? That's crazy. Yeah, this, is, this is ridiculous. Uh, Nikola Mirotic is a, is a bad subtraction. Um, Jabari Parker is <laughs> not going to fill that role for $20 million a year. Um... I I don't think this team's going to be good and I can't believe that you picked them or you picked the uh Grizzlies before you selected this team. I think that this that they're a lock to be under 30 wins this season. Um and I don't know if they're a lock, but they're going to be around 30, maybe under 30 wins. Um uh just a second. Okay, so I like Lori Markinen. I like Zach Levine. I still have love for Zach Levine. Um, I think they have a kind of a kind of a deep team, like a secret deep team. Yeah, I think they I think they have a lot of players that can play, but like like the uh, Nets, they don't have any players that are are good, except maybe Laurie Markkinen. And maybe Levine and Laurie Markkinen's already hurt. He's got an elbow elbow injury. He's got a sprained elbow. Um, yeah, they could be they could be really bad without Laurie Markkinen. Um, He's out for just, six I, weeks, eight weeks, six to eight weeks, something like that. Yeah, that's that's bad. That's really yeah. Bad. Um, is it is it his shooting elbow? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I I'm, find I'm that. looking it, it up. It is even worse. Um, okay, so I just have to say this thing about Zach Levine because I feel like he's uh, he's lost a lot in his life, um, including an ACL. Uh, but Zach pre ACL, I preferred you, Tander Wiggins. Um, I think Whoa. it was a clear move to get you off the roster. Uh, once we once you did tear your ACL, but I miss you. I miss how electrifying you were. Um, it was so fun to watch you in dunk contests. I wish you the best in your career. And I thought that you had. I thought that you were going to have a better career than Andrew Wiggins, and you still could man i can't believe you watch so many minnesota timberwolves games and you're still in on zach levine as a good nba player he has a he has a great shot he can shoot threes if you can shoot threes and you have that type of athleticism you can be a good nba player he could be a three and d guy what what d have you ever seen from zach levine i know (laughs) i know 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 (laughs) He's he's still like twenty two years old, twenty three years old. I, I yeah, he's he's really young. But my thing with Zach Levine is is from the from the jump, I, I think that his peak would ever be like winning six man of the year award, which is which is a good player. But that is like the absolute peak, and I don't think that's a very likely outcome. I think a more likely outcome is someone who everyone always thinks is really good or could be really good and always just disappoints because there's there's just like a mental gap in the game um you know the 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 wolves tried him at point guard for a long time which like clearly now that doesn't work he's he's not a lead 
lead guard. He can't handle. He can't like facilitate the ball like that and run an offense like that. Um, so I mean, one strike against him is that he doesn't move the ball well. He doesn't play defense. I think we got a glimpse of his shooting. I think uh, the la- his last season with the team, he was shooting almost forty percent from three, which is good. It's awesome. That's that's a really so good. good. And he was making two a game. He was making two a game. Yeah. So I mean. Sure. If he can come back from his uh, ACL injury and, you know, still have that athleticism. But the thing is, like, he couldn't even use his athleticism that well because he had no touch at the rim. I can't tell you how many missed layups I saw Zach Levine put up. It. I just think his game is so limited. But he, I saw zero, but I also have too much love for him. Yeah. I'm, I'm blind for you, Zach. I'm out on Zach Levine, but, you know, maybe maybe he'll be maybe he'll be good someday. Um, I still love you, Zach Levine. I don't think you're going to be a better defender with Fred Hoiberg, Fred Hoiberg, teaching you how to play defense. Um, but you know, maybe it's probably not going to. You're probably not going to play defense here, but maybe you'll play defense in another location. Yeah, uh, this Bulls roster is weird, though. I don't think that they're going to be good. I think they're. I think they should have been way lower on this list. Um, this was pre-Markinen injury, though, right? So, um, I don't know if this was pre-marking an injury. Th- it was, it was close, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, they should, they should definitely be lower than Memphis. I think that that's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. This is a big time tank candidate. I think the, I think they're going to be very, very bad this year. Unless Jabari Parker is actually good. You know, I don't know. I haven't seen Jabari Parker play like hardly at all. So maybe he's awesome. They're going to have to count on two ACL candidates coming back and it's, not that it's not that smart to count on that. No, it's not, especially because Jabari's done it twice. Yeah, uh. bad, 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 bad. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so with the twenty-first pick in the draft, who do you select, Kalinga? I select the Detroit Pistons. Um, I this is a bad roster. This <laughs> is another bad roster. Um, I do like that they got Dwayne Casey. That's nice. I think that's going to be really good for the franchise moving forward um but i think that he is inheriting a really flawed roster yeah um i love Dwayne casey the problem that i have with this roster is that they lost their best three-point shooter in anthony tolliver who is lights out he's amazing i love anthony Mm -hmm. big mistake on their part sorry i don't mean i i didn't mean to call anthony by his maiden name uh anthony anthony curry um Anyway, uh, Reggie Jackson's been hurt. Um, I wish that we could relegate this team. Um, I just don't want to watch them play. I don't want to watch Andre Drummond play basketball. Um, I I get that they're probably going to be the tenth or ninth best team in the in the East. But I don't want to watch a minute of them play playing basketball. Seriously. It's just like this this roster is so not set up for success. If you're going to build a roster around Andre Drummond and, and Blake Griffin, granted they didn't build the roster around those two. They, they traded for Blake Griffin. You need shooting to surround that, and they really do not have any shooters. They might be – I'm going to go ahead and say that the uh, Pistons will be bottom five in three-point percentage in the league this year. I'm saying it. Blake Griffin uh, – before all of his injury crap, he did have outside shooting potential. And 
Uh, I do think he's a good power forward if healthy to put next to an Andre Andre Drummond. I think he can play a stretch four next to Andre. Yeah, and he can handle the ball a little bit. And like, like let's not for, like I don't want to say that Blake Griffin is not good because Blake Griffin is an excellent, excellent basketball player. But he's not gonna play. And if you're not gonna play, uh, if you're not gonna be able to stay on the court, then you're not gonna be playing next to Andre Drummond very well. Mm-hmm. Not from the bench in a suit. Yeah, I. Uh, oof, his three points percentage. I guess the last couple of years he's been like thirty four percent from the three point line, which is not bad for a power forward. Um, That's a stretch four, right? There. Yeah, yeah, and he is like a pretty brilliant ball handler. I, I, I like Blake Griffin. I root for him to be good and to be healthy, but um, I just don't, I don't see it. And <laughs> but Andre Drummond needs so much shooting around him that it's that no one's going to there. There's no way that they are going to make a splash if they somehow slip into the playoffs. Yeah, although apparently Andre Drummond has been working on his three point shot, so watch out, watch out. Um, Jesus, yeah, I don't. I'll, I'll believe it when yeah, I see it. Same. Same. Um, I also think it's hilarious that their two off-season additions were oh, the skeleton of Jose Calderon and Zaza Pachulia, who may be the worst player in the NBA. <laughs> he's like, he's so bad. He, I don't, I don't think I saw him make a single shot with the Golden State Warriors. Somehow he just always missed his layups. I love Zaza uh in theory just because he has an, a wonderful name he does have a great name this is his 15th and nba season 16th nba season that name deserves to be rostered i just have to say that true uh he's not gonna play that much because drummond's gonna be playing 40 minutes a game um true i have to say this jose calderon started <laughs> he started for them in the preseason yikes <laughs> Yeah, is is Reggie Jackson healthy? Do we know that yet? No, he's not healthy. He's not healthy. Uh, They're hoping he's going to be back. He came back, I think, at the end of last season, and he might be ready for the regular season, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, even if he is healthy, I just I don't really believe in him as a starting point guard. Um, not if you can't shoot next to Andre Drummond. Oh, did you know Reggie Jackson is from Italy? That's really? fun. Fun fact. Uh, that makes him similar to like Kobe Bryant, kind of, right? Yeah, it, Kobe Bryant was born in Italy. Um, cool. That's their only similarity. Yeah, I mean, he's very much American, but he was just happened to be born in Italy. Anyway, I'm going under on the Pistons. I their over under is 38, and I think that 38 might be able to get you into the playoffs in the East or close to it at least. And I don't think they're gonna get that many wins Blake Griffin like you take Blake Griffin off this team and it gets a lot worse very quickly um and I can't really see Blake Griffin playing that many games I'm gonna push and the reason is is I could well I don't I don't see this going that much farther south Blake Griffin and under Drummond are gonna have to be both out for them to win less than like 36 games Mm. uh I think that 38 is right is about right and i could see them winning 40 to 42 if blake griffin can stay healthy yeah i think there there is a scenario where the the 
Pistons make the playoffs. I just think it's going to be very hard because their defense is going to have to be very good, and because they're just not going to be able to score. Not from not from the guard position for sure. Yeah, um, I mean if Blake can return to L.A. Clippers, Blake, then this team gets more exciting. I'm just not really sold on that. So, no, that won't happen. But I do think that I do think that he's can be a contributing solid NBA player. Okay, so I'm under, but not that far under, and your push. Uh, the next yeah. pick is yours, Dylan. With the 20th pick in the draft, Dylan Carlson selects the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah! Too low, in my opinion. Way too low. Uh, really? 20? Yeah, man. I they're love the last this team. team. Out. Last they're team the out? Last, they're the last team out. Um, I suppose they the are. For us. Um, and I have to say, uh, before we had the, uh, the Hornets in this position and upon further review over the weekend, we decided to switch them around because Miles Bridges is just too good at NBA. Yeah. And also they have a a person named Kemba Walker. I don't know if you remember him, but he is phenomenal. Uh, I love Kevin Love, and I and I think that I think that Kevin Love is also a good player. I think they're I think they're right about in the same spot. Good players, not the greatest teams. Yeah, you know I I have faith in in the in the Cavaliers. I think that well, I mean last year they won fifty games. <laughs> Granted, they did have LeBron James, but uh, their over under is thirty point five, which is uh, you know if you go Too over. Low. That's really low. That's really, really That's low. That's too low. And uh, they still have an all-star on their team. Cody uh, Osman? Uh, yeah, future all-star for sure. He's awesome. <laughs> He's actually so awesome. Have you watched him play? Uh, I've, well, I watched him play last year, and he was uh, fine from the bench. Uh, he looks awesome this year. What, what's He's really... starting this year. Yeah, what really sold me on him is uh, I saw a video on Instagram one time of him and Kyle Korver going one-on-one, <laughs> and he was hitting these crazy step-back threes just, like, from, from deep in the corner. Oh, man. Wait, someone was dominating Kyle Korver in man-to-man <laughs> defense? No way. <laughs> um, <laughs> one one thing to note, uh, there this puts them at pick number 11 if things stood in the lottery. And they only have their pick one to ten, so that's a that's a big problem for these guys. They might they might tank just to uh, just to keep their pick because they are in desperate need of like high upside talent right now. Yeah, I think the problem is though that the team itself is too good to actually tank without repercussions from the league. You know, unless Kevin Love gets hurt, then they then they can go in full tank mode. But and that's happened enough. That's happened enough for them to just shut him down and for the league not to question it. Yeah, that's true. He is he is pretty injury prone. But, you know, I I don't know. I I like their squad. Um I think Rodney Hood has like he's been brimming with potential since he came in the league, right? Like everyone's just waiting for Rodney Hood to break out. Why is this not the year that he breaks out, you know? Ugh. He was so bad last year with LeBron. He was horrible. He was so bad. He, he was horrible all year. Um, yeah. 
I have to I have to say, and George Hill is uh, 33 now and looked every bit of 32 last year, right? Yeah. And uh, somewhere around there. And uh, I got to be honest, I I just I don't I don't believe in this team. I believe that the difference maker right now is Colin Sexton versus Miles Bridges. Those are the those are the two ads. And uh, at this point, Miles Bridges could be starting for the Hornets. And I don't know if Colin Sexton he might be in the in the rotation, but um, he just hasn't shown he hasn't shown enough to um, to be able to bring this team up to the same level as I think what the Hornets could produce. Yeah. From what I've heard, uh, the Cavs are probably aren't going to start him, uh, from game one. Um, but I'm not sure. And rookie point guards are generally not very, very good. That's kind of how it goes. But, Oh, Chris Dunn. Oh man. I'm, I still don't believe that Chris Dunn is a point guard. Um, I think that he is a two guard, but I just want to bring up some Rodney hood stats. So before Rodney hood, was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He played 39 games with Utah. He was shooting 38% from three, and he was averaging 16.8 points a game. Um, so he, there's reason to believe that he has like some pretty significant scoring potential. Um, I think he did not adjust well to playing with LeBron James, right? That takes time, uh, especially coming from a Utah system that is very pass happy and there's a lot of ball sharing and ball movement. Um, and then going to the Cavs where you basically, uh, if you're on the floor with LeBron, you just wait for him to give you the ball and see if you can bake it. Um, so I think Rodney hood definitely does have some like potential to become a legitimate scorer and help the, help the Cavs actually win a lot of games. If he could stay on the floor, he's a significant injury risk as well. Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to he was supposed to be able to catch and shoot threes, but he couldn't catch or shoot anything. Um I, I'm looking at his 27 uh 2017-2018 uh stats and he was 38% last year from catch and shoot threes and I just I don't it, that must have been uh all with Utah because I don't remember him playing at playing well at all even in the regular season with the Cavs. I mean, say for a couple of flashes but i don't know i i'm not as big of a believer in rodney hood uh and i'm not that excited for him yeah you know it's tough i i think sam decker is kind of interesting too i i'm not gonna say sam decker is gonna contribute a lot to winning but i think he's interesting uh as a you know as a stretch option i don't know i want to believe in the Cavs. i love kevin love I really like Colin Sexton. I think he's awesome. Um, Larry Nance is, uh, I think, more interesting than Sam Decker. Um, he's extremely athletic. Mm -hmm. But, again, he just shut down at the end of the year. Um, do we have to blame LeBron for all of this? I mean, uh, he took the team to the finals, but they, they just looked so much worse than they should. Everyone's like, oh, LeBron didn't have any help, but like he had all these people that um, two months earlier when the trade was made, they were like, oh, now LeBron finally has the help he needs. And it's like, I don't know. I love I love LeBron, but it's tough to it's tough to say that this team didn't have any parts whatsoever. That's what I'm saying. And like I think it's I think it's a pretty solid roster and the and the construct of it doesn't bother me. There's good depth and versatility, like at least 
moderate versatility at all positions. They're lacking defensive players for sure, but offensively, they look pretty capable. Um, I'm also looking for a bounce back season from J.R. Smith, which <laughs> I know sounds ridiculous, but uh, I was uh, listening to the announcers during one of their preseason games, and they said J.R. Smith lost 15 pounds this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely I hate all of those. Uh, I hate all those off-season storylines, <laughs> except except for when Kyle Lowry came out as uh, as Kyle Lowry, twenty pounds lighter, and he was amazing. It was two years ago. Um, yeah, I I I'm not gonna believe in Jr. Smith though. Uh, I I know this know the score of the game, Jr. <laughs> I'm a JR believer. You know what? I'm going in. JR is having a bounce back season, uh, and he's going to help lead the Cavs to uh, uh, the playoffs. Um, tenth man, tenth man of the year. Tenth man of the year. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, all that being said, uh, I also think I heard on the Hang Time podcast with Bobby Marks that uh, Ty Lu is actually. A lot of coaches fear his out of bounds, like uh, post timeout plays. You know, um, Bobby Marks was saying that he's brilliant at drawing those up. So maybe Tyloo is actually a good coach. I think a lot of people gave him a lot of shit for, you know, the Cavs not winning very many games. But I think, you know, as much as Tyloo would be to blame, so would LeBron. And so I don't know. Um, don't don't mess with Ty when it comes to tic tac toe because he's got those X's and O's figured out. Hey, um, that was nice. All right. Well, uh, uh, I think we're both going over thirty and a half. But yeah. I'm I'm gonna say that they miss the playoffs. What do you say? Uh, that's that that would be the most Cavs thing to do is to try really hard all season and then miss the playoffs. I'm gonna say they're gonna miss the playoff by one game, uh, to the Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with the 19th pick in the draft, who do you select? I select the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. Uh-huh, the other L.A. team. Um, Wait, no, this is the L.A. team. The uh, other L.A. team is the other L.A. team. Hmm, interesting. Uh, well, because, just because we selected them first. They were selected first in the draft. Oh, you're right. This is the L.A. team. We'll get to the other LA team later. Uh, But this team, like, it's just, like, a very solid roster uh, without a lot of excitement, you know? And the Clippers do have uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, which is very exciting. Yeah, um... I'm I'm not as big of a a believer in Shea Gilgis. I get it. He played really well in Summer League. But he hasn't he hasn't shown it in the preseason as much. Um, he's he's played fine, but uh, the pick that came after him that they traded up for, uh, they um, that they traded up because of uh, Miles Bridges looks like he's playing a lot better. I know. I was really disappointed that the Clippers did not draft Miles Bridges. I've been high on Miles Bridges forever. I was high on Miles Bridges last season before he declared for the draft, because I thought he should have declared for the draft. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I love him. But I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to be good. Uh, he's really tall. I think he's, at, at the very least, he's going to be a solid defensive point guard. Uh, we'll see about his offensive skill. 
Um, I agree. And this this isn't to say that I know more about I don't know shit about scouting, but uh, this is just based on what I've seen in the preseason. And I think that the preseason means to me a little bit more than the summer league because the summer league, you're literally playing against no one. And on top of the fact that not th- that many people care and everyone's hung over from being in Vegas. Mm hmm. Yeah. Or wherever they are, Utah, whatever. Utah, but, Vegas, yeah. Um, Utah's a crazy party spot, <laughs> I've, I've heard. I bet. The, oh, yeah. Uh, people get people get freaky in Park City, man. Mm-hmm. They're 12 to 13 deep with a lot of guys who can play defense and Lou Williams and Marcin Gortat. Yeah, and I love Lou Williams. Um, I think Marcin Gortat has a great nickname, the Polish Hammer. Um and he's actually, he's the pride of Poland. I was talking to a guy from Poland one time, and I said, oh, you know what? There's a guy in the NBA from Poland, Marcin Gortat. And he was like, oh, you know Gortat? I love Gortat. Um, so, he, you know, the, his nation is very proud of him, but he's also a 34-year-old center. So I, I just don't, like, I don't know about this roster, partially because I don't really have a sense of who's going to start or what their rotations are going to be. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be tough, and especially with a coach that we both of us don't trust in Doc Rivers. Oh. Um, and I mean, we we've said it before. We we both think Doc Rivers is uh, basically Tom Thibodeau with lipstick. <laughs> he's a little bit prettier, but he's he's not that much better. Yeah, I mean, they they both were on Boston together, obviously, and uh, it's it's the same deal where Doc Rivers, just like Tibbs, they they get those players that they've played with before or that and have played really well against their team, and because they know that those players love it when they scream at them. Yeah, like <laughs> it works for those guys, so bring them on board. Uh, but uh, yeah, I like really though. Who's gonna start for this team? So uh, Danilo Gallinari, mm-hmm. uh, Tobias Harris, mm-hmm. Marcin Gortat. That's their front court. Yeah, that's a really big front court. Which very you know. big. And but I think that Tobias Harris and, and Danilo Gallinari will be able to play fine next to each other. Then they have Avery Bradley, and. Maybe Lou Williams, Mabel, maybe Gilgis Alexander, uh, in the backcourt. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a pretty good prediction. I I imagine that's what it'll shake out to be. Um, Patrick Beverly is coming back from I think he tore his ACL, so we'll s- see how he is. He played, didn't he? Or did he not? Has he not played? Uh, I'm not sure if he's played. I don't know if I saw him. Um, in the in the preseason game, um, oh yeah, he's not playing yet. Yeah, so we'll see when he gets back. You know, those ACLs are tricky, um, but yeah, I don't know. This team just really doesn't it doesn't get me excited. They lost DeAndre Jordan, who was like a big bastion of excitement for them with his you know uh, alley oop dunks. But I guess they did win forty two games last year. Their over under is thirty six point five, which I think we both agree is too low. But only slightly. I think that they're probably going to be right around 36, 37, 38. Mm. And that's if everything goes right. And, again, they only have their top 14. They only have their pick if they're in the top 14. So I I don't think that they have a reason to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. 
You know, there there is a universe where I, I see them actually making the playoffs. Part of that universe involves trading for Jimmy Butler. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. But for the Clippers, to me, they, they seem like a team that makes sense to trade for Jimmy Butler because they are so deep. So they can trade away, you know, some significant pieces of their roster and still have a complete and deep roster to surround Jimmy Butler with. So it seems that. like a like a good trade destination for him. They did play Patrick Beverly. They started Patrick Beverly uh, against the Wolves. Oh, cool. That's good to know. Yeah. I like he Patrick Beverly. 20, yeah, he played 22 minutes. That's what I thought because I remember watching that game. Cool. He didn't he didn't play very well. He was a freaking shell of himself. He had four points in 22 minutes. I'm sure he's rusty. Um, yeah, but uh, we're all rooting for him. Mm-hmm. So. Uh yeah. Would you take Patrick Beverly on off of a off of a torn ACL? Sure. I love Pat Beverly, man. He'd like, I like I think Tibbs would like him too. Thibs, excuse me. Thibs. Um Thibs. Thom Thibs. Thom Thibs though. Um <laughs> I think that I think he would be a great Timberwolf. I would take Patrick Beverly and uh Tobias Harris in a moment. No no hesitation. Um, I think I might want to pick as well because there, I I need something to to show for uh like some upside and neither of those guys is going to uh, give us any upside whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Tobias is still pretty young. He's like twenty five, so you know there's still room to grow, for sure. Um, Beverly's thirty though, so uh, that's that's there's no growth happening there. Uh, but I would like a pick if they'd give us a pick. But part of the, you know, the Timberwolves have been pushing too hard for, for picks. But we'll we'll talk about that when we talk about the Timberwolves. For now, so That's you, right. you 36.5. So you said 36, 37, 38. So are you? I, I, I see him as a slight over, but I don't see him as a huge over. I don't, I don't see them winning like mid 40s. That's for sure. Uh, I could see them possibly winning 40 games, but I, I don't think they're better than last year. So yeah, I also don't think they're worse. So I think <laughs> um, I, I'm with you. I'm somewhere between probably 36 and 40 wins for them. So I'm going to take the over because I've got more wins in the over. Um, they can just yeah. I mean, not a lot can go wrong because even if people get hurt, they've got the depth to withstand. Um, cool. Uh, the next pick is 18, and that's yours. With the 18th pick in the draft, Dylan Carlson selects. The Denver Nuggets. Oh, yes, baby. Yes. I like that. Um, um, I kind I picked them because I really, really want them to be worse than the Wolves. Um, it's a complete homer pick because I think that there is just as good of a chance that they finish above the Wolves as finish below the Wolves. Right. Um, well, isn't that the problem with the whole bottom of the Western or the middle of the Western Conference is that, like, you know, three or four – games that come down to a final shot could completely change whether or not a team is in the playoffs or not. Yeah, um, there's a possibility that from 2 to 12 the Western Conference could be within like four games here. Seriously. It's possible that the uh there will be like two or three teams in addition to the Warriors that uh that start to shine and like um and are able to win mid 50s high 50s. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we're both in agreement that the that the Rockets are going to be worse. Um, yeah, I mean it's going to be tough to make it in the West, and it, and it's going to be tough to to and it's going to be be basically random. Uh, this, yeah. this year. 
Yes, it will. Just like this uh, picking process. Pretty random. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so I have to talk about Paul Millsap for a little bit. Uh, he signed a three-year, $30 million contract, and um, he didn't play great last year. Um, he played in 38 games, I believe, and his PER was 17, and that's below where he was signed for, definitely. That's like he he's um, – He's playing a, as as an above average player, making um, all NBA level uh, salary. So um, if he can step it up, then maybe they have a chance to get into the playoffs. But I don't see it at 34. Um, he's he's gonna turn 34 this year, and uh, and he didn't show and he didn't show us much last year. Uh, he was healthy in the Timberwolves game, and he was kind of he he was kind of non-existent. I mean, Jokic was carrying that team for sure. Yeah, I think last year was a little bit of a small sample size to really gauge how good Paul Millsap still is. But there's um, not much of a sample size of his career left. I know. There's like, he's he's really uh, reaching the uh, the twilight of his NBA career. I'm I'm with you on that. But I think there's still game, and I think really what he needs to do is play passable defense and uh, be able to shoot the three at. Uh, you know, an NBA average, or maybe even slightly below NBA average rate. Um, and then he'll be a valuable player. I don't think he'll be a $30 million player, but I thought that was a bad contract the day that he signed it. So so um, bad. Yeah. I, I have to say, Luol Deng bad. I mean, if he if he plays 38 games a year for them, that's a Luol Deng contract. Yeah. Luol Deng signed. He, Luol Deng was only a $70 million contract. Everyone's freaking out like it was the worst contract of all time. This... This could be just as bad. Three years, ninety million, and if he if he's not able to uh, play with Nikola Jokic, if he's not able to figure it out, yeah. to be honest, thirty nine, thirty eight, thirty nine games, whatever it was, that should be enough for you to figure it out with Nikola Jokic. And it seems like they really never did. Yeah, and when when do they have to ex- uh, extend Murray? Is 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 his extension coming this off season? Um. Uh, because uh, th- there's like financial implications involved with the length of that contract, but I'm sure they 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 worked it so that okay, so he's got this year, and then he's got a team option for next year. So then his money will come into play when Millsap is off. So I mean, they went in, but they left themselves room to grow. Um, yeah, that was probably smart for them to only do three years with Millsap. But um, I don't know, ninety million, ninety million feels like. Uh, a kiss of death for Paul for a Paul Millsap who's thirty four going to be thirty four this year. Yeah, it's it's not great, um, especially because it really left them pretty limited in the off season. Hence, their only signing was Isaiah Thomas. Uh, <laughs> I believe and on the minimum. So, so they have Isaiah Thomas uh, is making two million dollars on the minimum. Um, I believe that they have no point guard, and this is the only team in the league that has no point guard that doesn't need a point guard because of Nikola Jokic. Yeah. He's an amazing player. The one the one downside to Nikola Jokic is that uh, he, he does disappear every once in a while. Um, there are a couple games every year where it's just like, wow, does he even play on this team? Um, but if he can be consistent, then he can, then he can be in the conversation with Towns. But for me right now, I have to say it's a no-brainer. I'd take Carl Anthony Towns to uh, start my team. Yeah, over Jokic, I think so too. Um, Jokic it just doesn't 
I mean, he doesn't look like an NBA player just based on his his fitness. Uh, I remember hearing a story that uh, before games he would drink like two two liters of soda, and that was like oh God, <laughs> that was a regular thing that he did. Um, so I think, I, but I think as he kind of matures as an NBA player and really starts to uh, take care of his body the way that he should, I. Th- think there's potential for him to be maybe better than Towns maybe not though I don't know I don't know if he'll ever because Towns is like also a great athlete which I think helps but Jokic is a like transcendent passer so fingers crossed that Carl Anthony Towns will have a better career than Nikola Jokic I think we're all in agreement yeah let's hope um I also before we move on from the Denver Nuggets I do like that they drafted Michael Porter Jr. this draft because he was slated coming out of high school as one of the best of the class. Um, in fact, last year, at the beginning of the season, when you know experts were talking about teams that were going to tank, they often called it being part of the Michael Porter Jr. sweepstakes. So I think there's a lot of potential in his game. Pooping for Porter? What did they? What did? What did? Uh, what did Jalen say? Uh, I don't know. What, Jalen? Who's Jalen? No, I didn't say Jalen. Uh, I said experts. Specific. I, oh. <laughs> well, he he's the one who calls the tank. He he calls the tank. He always names the tanking after the best players. Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I don't Hooping remember what Jalen said. Probably uh, pe- um. uh, <laughs> passing out. I don't know what it would be. Uh, yeah, me neither. Pooping. I like pooping for Porter. Let's let's uh let's roll with that. Um, and the Nuggets did not have to poop for Porter. He, f- he fell to them because of injury. Um. So I, I don't know. I think it's a good pick, and it's gonna pay off in the long run. Um, and like I think this team, three years from now, could be like unbelievably good. But right now, we'll, we'll let, like let's see it happen before. Um, so I'm smashing the under button. Um, I'm also on the under because uh, it's forty-seven point five. That's so high. That's way too high. I don't know why they're. Well, the only reason they're over under is higher than the Timberwolves is because of because of the assumption that Jimmy Butler's not going to play and or he will be traded. Right. Um so I have to say under on them as well. Um I just want to I just want to say one thing before we move we move along. Um greatest Canadian basketball player who is active in the NBA. Uh, uh right now it's Jamal Murray. He's taken the torch from Wiggins who had it who had it briefly, very briefly. Who took it from Steve Nash? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Steve Nash will always be the the best of all time um, until someone, unless someone really great comes back. But active players, I think I'm looking at the list, and I got to give it to Jamal Murray. Congratulations, Jamal. You're better than Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, and really, it's not close. <laughs> like, I would take Jamal Murray over Andrew Wiggins a hundred times out of a hundred. And is, he's going to play some at the point guard position, but he's not a point guard. So he'll basically just be – they're basically just going to start all shooting guards next to Jokic, and he'll just feed everyone the ball from – Yeah, it's very strange. They're, they don't really have – they don't have a starting point guard, and they don't have any small forwards really. So, you know, they kind of are – they're really a positionless basketball model in, in, a, in, a, in a slightly different way than – than other people are doing it. You know, most teams are looking for those long, athletic, switchable people, but really, they're like um, 
they remind me of like uh the magic sort of how it's just like dwight howard you know a, a transcendent big man underneath and then just shooters um except dwight howard couldn't ever pass right so like this is dwight howard but if dwight howard could pass um, and also also Jokic doesn't play defense and dwight howard was like uh defensive player of the year in 2010 right so I, it's a model but they've tweaked it right <laughs> they tweaked it for the 21st century slash 22nd i mean it's very futuristic the they're um they're and it's very offensive minded yeah that was probably not the best comparison but uh <laughs> <laughs> but he but they're both big yeah they're both big uh and that's all that matters uh okay cool uh dylan what's your next pick all right. Wait. That was my p- wait. I picked the Nuggets. Oh, you did pick the Nuggets. Oh, I'm next. Cool. <laughs> with with the 17th pick in the draft. I feel honored to uh have this pick because my pick is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Arr! Sad face, crying, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, this is like this is tough. Uh their over/under is 45 and I don't know. It's it's hard to talk about this team cuz I, I'm just going to talk about them as if Jimmy Butler will not be on the team. Um, you know how we always have a theme for uh, each each year that the Timberwolves play? There's like uh, running with the wolves or whatever. All eyes north. Yeah. All eyes north. Every And this one's going to be howling at the moon because we're all so sad. We're all just going to howl at the moon this year. Oh, that's that's a good one. I, yeah, I should send that in to their PR team. You should. I'm going to – you send in that one. I'm going to send in fuck Jimmy. Um, Whoa. And see, what, I, <laughs> see what they take. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm sure that they'll enjoy it. They might not take it. It might not be uh, as PC as they would like for uh, young ears. I'm typing up an email to Glenn Taylor right now as we speak. All right. Uh, say, hey, Glenn, fuck Jimmy. And then he'll be like, perfect. Let's make that our slogan. He'd be right on board. He'd be right on board with that. He would be. Um, but uh, personally, I'm, I hate him. I think he is a horrible, horrible horrible owner um and uh i'm gonna add on to the email please sell the team to kevin garnett period um (laughs) one can only hope i i want kevin to to have the team as well um i think i think every every single timberwolves fan wants kevin garnett to own this team or be a part of the ownership team seriously Uh, but i also blame i blame con for all of the bad things that happened. Um, I mean, maybe Glenn Taylor gave him too much of a leash, but uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Is, is he the problem or is Tom Thibodeau the problem and David Kahn the problem? Well, um, who hired Tom Thibodeau to be president and uh, of basketball operations and coach? Yeah, that was a that was a bad move, and one that's a move that hopefully is never done in the NBA ever again. Yeah. So what we have to hope for now is for basically for Glenn Taylor to say something racist so he's forced to sell the team. Oh man, there's like nobody I hope is racist more than Glenn Taylor. <laughs> Let's draft a second email and just like egg him on and be like, "Hey Glenn Taylor, please be more racist. We want you to be more racist." Hey, Glenn Taylor, I heard some black people were making fun of you for being white. What do you have to say about that? Please, please include the N-word. Please. Se- 
<laughs> I'll just set the trap. I'll give him permission. Hey, Glenn, I got a cool new word you should try saying. Uh, <laughs> and he won't know because he's geriatric. So, Dude, he's so old. He's like 77, 78, something like that. Um, so he really, really, really old. Oh, that's uh, so sad. That's so sad. Uh, then the then the headline comes out. Uh, Timberwolves fan forces Glenn Taylor to say the <laughs> N word so that he'll sell the team. <laughs> the point is, there's there's a pattern. Kevin Love, Kevin Garnett, Jimmy Butler, all the best uh, Minnesota players always are unhappy. And if your organization cannot please star players, that starts from the top. So clearly there's an issue with ownership and uh, he should sell the team. Uh, the only good thing about Glenn Taylor is that he is unwilling to sell the team to a non-Minnesota owner. And he said that publicly. And I think he really believes that because he's from Minnesota. He loves Minnesota. And he, if he's going to sell the team, it's going to be an ownership group that is in Minnesota, which is good. Please sell the team, Glenn Taylor. I don't hate you as much as Chalanga does. And <laughs> yeah, just... Uh, be smart, and I here's what here's the one thing I do love that he's taking that he's being proactive in getting rid of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, I don't think Jimmy Butler wants to leave because of Glenn Taylor. I don't think he knows. I I, I bet like if Glenn Taylor walked up, he'd be like, "Who's that guy? Who's the guy in the Who's the guy in the wheelchair?" Oh, you bring up a good point. Uh... Um, so the real problem here is that Jimmy Butler is a baby and he can't play with anybody. Jimmy Butler is now going to be on his third team. And he's he's cried his way out of two franchises. Mm. It says something about him too. Yeah, I don't know if he. Um, I don't know if I'd use the word cry, uh, <laughs> but I would say you know he well, is he's throwing probably, a temper tantrum. That's true. That's true. That's this is the we're leaving. I don't want to go, and then he just stands and stares. You know. Yeah. Or it's like uh, you're staying. I don't want to stay. Right. Uh, either one. It's it's all the same. We were going to offer him the max when we could. Yeah, we Next just couldn't year. yet. We couldn't mm-hmm. yet. I mean, that's partially... Like, there's so many like dumb financial moves that the Timberwolves made. Like, if the Jeff Teague thing hadn't happened, then Ugh. we could have offered him the contract this year. I, I know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. And um, and as and, and we both believe that the Jeff Teague contract is the worst contract on the Timberwolves right now. Oh, absolutely. This might be the worst contract in the NBA. I'm not going to go that far. but no, it's No, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Lou Olbeck's still getting paid by the Lakers. That's true. That is so true. He's Ugh, making yikes. $19 million a year. He, uh, he's making the minimum from us and then $17 million from the Lakers still. Oh, So all that being said, uh, the over-under for the Wolves is 45, <laughs> which is a tough line uh, because if they have Jimmy, they're more than 45 without jimmy which is the most likely outcome i feel like we have to choose the under i have i i think we have to choose the under and if i'm gonna be a homer for a minute i have to say cat if what we want you to be is inside of you please come out this year i believe please I, i do believe that you can take us to 42 43 44 wins i don't think he can take us to 45 the one thing is that with jimmy butler we were on pace for 52 wins last year before Jimmy Butler got hurt. We were the we were the three seed, like locked in as the three seed, and everyone in the national media was like, "Yeah, the Timberwolves—they're just the third best team 
in the West. And then by the end of the season, it was so crazy because everybody was like, yeah, the Timberwolves, you know, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. But and everyone was trying to get the Nuggets in and stuff. We just lost so much respect in yeah. two months. And it was amazing because we still ha- got 47 wins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was a 16 game win increase from the the 2016 17 season. So like that it's it's also like the team got significantly better. And Jimmy Butler is not worth 16 games. There's no way the only person that's worth 16 games is LeBron James and probably Kevin Durant actually. Like s- solely, those are probably the only two players that are worth 16 games. True that. Um. So I, I you know th- there's. There is there is a path to the playoffs for this team without Jimmy Butler. I don't think that this is the year. Um, I mean, it depends on our return um, that we get for Jimmy Butler. But I do want to do a little bit of reporting on that uh, trade. So uh, Miami was really invested in... They, they, they put forward a, a trade for Josh Richardson and Jimmy Butler. That's what it was centered around. Apparently, Minnesota countered that, and they were way too aggressive. Um, so Miami shut the door on trade talks and is waiting. From from what I read, it sounds like Miami's waiting for an apology <laughs> before they continue to... Uh, Wait, really? Uh, Literally apology? Oh, uh, they just want, like... They they want the Timberwolves to know that what they offered was ridiculous. So draft an email to Pat Riley and just say, "Dear Pat, we are sorry. Please give us Justice Winslow." So the Timberwolves need to do something with Jimmy Butler. Here's what the Timberwolves should be doing about the Jimmy Butler situation. It's looking like we're not going to be able to trade Jimmy Butler to Miami um, because we want Justice Winslow. I'm guessing. Uh, and I think we, we're both on the same page. We want Justice Winslow. Mm-hmm. So his two best options are, A, he waits until December 15th when uh, more players are going to be able to move. Players who just signed this year are going to be available and on the market. And uh, that's when teams are going to start thinking, hey, we're one piece away. We want to make a splash in the postseason. And, uh, and I think Jimmy Butler's uh, value is going to go up from there. Um, I think that could be when a team like Miami would be like, hey, maybe we are just one piece away. Maybe uh, Justice Winslow's having, uh, ha- starting to uh, not play so well in the beginning part of the season. They're like, you know what? If we just added Jimmy Butler, um, we would be able to really complete our team. I don't know. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest Jimmy Butler, Hassan Whiteside fan. But, you know, who knows? Here's what... Thom Thibodeau should do. He calls up uh, Jerry West and he says, hey, Jerry, um, here's what I want to do. I want to trade you Jimmy Butler for Tobias Harris and Patrick Beverly. And and then I also want a conditional first round pick. So maybe it's not part of their uh, top 15. Maybe they maybe they'll give up um, their lottery rights. Uh, or maybe they'll give up their uh, their rights to their pick in the playoffs like they did with this year's pick. Um, and then uh, I think that that gets the gets something like that could get the deal done. I don't know what the salaries work out to, but would you be happy with that? I would be happy with that. I would be very happy with that. Yeah, I love Tobias Harris. Um, I think he's like v- criminally underrated. Um, although players that get underrated. Uh, often get overrated after they are appropriately rated. 
Uh, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I like that. I like Patrick Beverly. I don't know what he's going to be, you know, coming off of injury, but I, I like him as a player. Um, and they're both pluses on defense, which is something Jeff Teague doesn't have. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we should call Jerry West and say, hey, uh, do you want, also want Jeff Teague? I'm not saying. There's no way. Jerry West is not picking <laughs> Jeff Teague. The only way we're getting rid of Jeff Teague is if we're, like, pawning him off on the Kings or something. Yeah, seriously. Jerry West would hang up. <laughs> He'd be like, Boop. so long. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that's good. I think the, the, the next step after they've completed that trade, I think we're both in agreement that the next step is to, to fire Tom Thibodeau. Oh, thank uh, God. And move on. Give Ryan Saunders his rightful job as head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, Has, hashtag in memory of Flip. Oh, seriously. But yeah, man. Tom, I'm tired of him. Ice. Ice. The Ice. Thibodeau. You know what he sounds like? Um, <laughs> he sounds like that guy from Men in Black, the cockroach guy, you know? <laughs> Sugar, water, ice. more. I need more sugar water. Carl, where's my sugar water? <laughs> oh, that's all the time we have. Uh, we ran a little long. We went really hard on the Timberwolves because <laughs> what else are we going to do? Thank you for listening to the podcast formerly known as the Coast to Coast Podcast. Uh, we're out of here. Bye, Dylan. Bye, Chalanga.